Welcome to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. On this episode, we check in with Ross Levitan, global news anchor, also a big Senators fan and host the Senators podcast. We'll talk about the Ottawa Senators coming to town tomorrow night. And also, we will talk to Josh Philman, Winnipeg's own Swift Current Broncos forward, who scored six goals in a game last week. We'll ask him how that felt on the podcast. Tomorrow night, the Winnipeg Jets play host to the Ottawa Senators. And to have a great discussion on what that's going to be like tomorrow, the solo visit for the Sens to Canada Life Center. Ross Levitan, global news anchor and CJOB employee who also hosts a very popular Ottawa Senators podcast. Ross, welcome to the show. Thanks, Christian. It's great to be on with you. I think this is our first time sharing the microphones together. So just looking forward to this. I believe it is. Yes. So first of all, explain to our listeners who may not know why you have a Senators podcast. <laughs> I thought you were going to ask me about downtown Winnipeg. I was like, let's no, not go no, there. No. Um, no, I just started in school. I mean, I, I grew up in Ottawa, born and raised. I actually was born the year the Sens got a team. So I kind of missed the expansion years, the Rick Bonus years, funny enough. Um, and then certainly they uh, had a, a decent run, right? No Stanley Cup, but made the playoffs 13 consecutive seasons and uh, really kind of got me involved uh, going forward. So we just wanted to get a few extra reps during uh, college. So we'd stay after, we'd do a show, and it so happened to be when they made their run to Game 7 of the Conference Finals, picked up a little steam there and um, and got picked up. And, yeah, it's just been slow and steady growth, and now it's uh, – it's a daily thing where we Pierre Dorian jumps on and Tim Stutzla, we've had Jake Sanderson. So, yeah, it's uh, it's great to see because we started out just going with all the prospects and now they're actually making impacts on the team. So we've kind of grown with the with this young team and uh, it's going to be a tough task because Winnipeg, obviously, they're at a different stage. They're at a stage where they've got players who are in their primes and, and ready to win. But always fun the one time a year uh, where, where my hometown team gets to come into Winnipeg. Is it weird that you work for the Jet Station but you have a Senators podcast? I think it might have been weirder when I worked uh, at TSN in Toronto because I was hosting Leafs Lunch with, okay. with Andy Patrillo. That was a little weirder. This, it's twice a year. It's almost like, you know, yeah. you, you, you they're different stratospheres. The, exactly. Like, I was producing the Leafs game when they blew a 5-1 lead to Ottawa. Right. And so you're secretly in the back room like, <laughs> oh yeah, wearing we're my, my sense toque and everything. Oh yeah, having right. fun. Uh, giving it to, to Andy Patrillo and, and Jim Taddy about that one. But um, no, definitely weirder in Toronto and the proximity, the rivalry, all that. This it's it's all good. It's just uh, it's it's just for me being able to go to the game and see them once or twice a year is is all I need at this point. All right, so Ottawa this year, thirty points in thirty one games, fourteen, fifteen, and two. Bit better lately, six, three, and one in their last ten. What is your breakdown of how things have gone this year? Because there was a lot of hype this off season because of the acquisitions of Alex DeBrinket and the signing of Claude Giroux, and they got Cam Talbot. Has it? not lived up to the hype or was the hype unjustified? It was kind of strange. I was all on the hype train, but I mean, we've, we've have, haven't had much to be excited about over the last uh, five plus years. So uh, you see Claude Giroux, a guy who I had circled like three years ago, you know, you see his contracts coming up. He's a local kid. Ottawa doesn't really attract many free agents, but you're like, okay, hey, got a young family. His wife's from Ottawa. This might actually work. Signs a three-year deal. So he's not in it just for a one year. So I think that gives Sens fans a little hope. But this was a kind of a, a two-pronged season, right? They go on a four-game win streak right off the bat. They beat Boston. Like, yeah. Boston's lost four times all year right now. And Ottawa was one of the teams to beat them. They scored seven goals on them. Boston's averaging like two goals against the game. Just a, a real anomaly there. But after that four-game win streak, they lose seven in a row. And that's been their problem the last couple of years. 
uh, back-to-back Novembers where they're five or more games under 500 in the month, you take yourselves out of the playoff race right off the bat. They always say, and it's a cliche for a reason, it, it is true, where you can't make the playoffs in November, but you certainly can take yourself out of it, and that's where Ottawa finds themselves again. So it's kind of a, a lost year where the goal was to play meaningful games into March, into April, and it seemed to be a way, and yeah, you're right, eight wins in their last 11 games is putting an ounce of hope because i mean andrew hammond retired today (laughs) that run 21 and 2 to make the playoffs in the last day has kind of skewed my perception of what's possible in hockey i'm like you know what it's just a hamburger run away they can do this but in reality they can't um that's a once in a lifetime occurrence yeah that that's the most fun i've ever had watching hockey as an aside yeah just for those who don't know andrew hammond uh, announced his retirement from pro hockey today and really, other than that incredible run, it, that, that was kind of it for him. That yeah. was his big burst onto the scene and then never lived up to that. He but had the, an 890 save percentage in the AHL when he got called out for that. <laughs> it's, it, it defied logic, and it was a reminder of how sometimes sports does that. Yeah, it takes every, You can look at all the information you have in front of you, and none of it matters because some a goalie gets hot. That's the ultimate you know, trump card in hockey. A goalie gets hot. <laughs> And that can kind of cover up everything. How has the goaltending been this year for the Senators? It's been a little up and down. I was pretty high on Anton Forsberg, who spent, what, five nights in Winnipeg that that. uh, COVID year because he had to carry three goalies. He was passed around like a buffet dinner. I mean, he he was in Carolina, Edmonton twice, Winnipeg, comes to Ottawa and signs a three-year ticket. I was like, hey, that's that's nice. Philip Gustafson, goalie of the future, who just beat Ottawa, ironically. Uh, Every former Ottawa Senators goalie uh, beats them. I actually did the stats on this the other day. Former Senators goalies that leave and then play Ottawa have points in 36 out of 43 games wow. against them. 937 save <laughs> oh, percentage. That's Leonard, Bishop, Anderson. Right. The list goes on and on. They seem to end up going to good teams. That's fair. I mean, yeah, Philip Gustafson with Minnesota, they're on a bit of a run right now. Um, both teams, by the way, tomorrow playing the third game in four nights. So I'm interested to see how that uh, shakes things up. Uh, afternoon game for Ottawa in, in uh, Minnesota Sunday, whereas a little more travel for Winnipeg. But they get to sleep in their own bed, not the Fairmont here in Winnipeg. Uh, no, but with Cam Talbot, he came in and, and has, has looked good. And I think we'll see him tomorrow night. Certainly not on Connor Hellebuck's level, but he's been good. That's not the reason they're losing. Ironically, you, you say that defies logic. Them losing seven games in a row really did. They outshot their opponent in five of them. And in their first nine losses, take away empty netters, they were all by one goal. So they're right there. They just can't get over the hump. And then the wheels fell off afterwards. Vegas pumped them 5-1 or something. And uh, and same with San Jose. And that's not a team you want to be losing to by that amount. But um, they, they've got pieces. And I think that for a fan to be engaged in a team that has historically been bad the last number of years, you need to find hope in the characters that are on the team. Brady Kachuk, who has ties with Winnipeg, his mom's whole side of the family's here. He always, by the way, scores in Winnipeg. So Levy Lock tomorrow night, anytime goal scorer Brady Kachuk <laughs> did it last March as well. But uh, he always comes to play here, and he's just like the perfect leader, in my opinion. He he's just takes the team on his back. He'll fight center ice at Madison Square Garden and then pot the overtime winner. Like That's just... How, how he plays. So I think that fans have really kind of caught on to that and um, and they're trying to carry it because it is tough to, to kind of follow a team where they, you just know there's no hope of playoffs this early on, right? You're kind of limping through the last 50 games of the season. It's it's a bit much. 
seven points out of a playoff spot as we speak today. Minus one goal differential for the season, kind of in the middle to lower third on goals for and against this year. But five players with 10 or more goals, uh, three of them have exactly 10. Brady Kachuk has 13, Claude Giroux 14, Drake Batherson, Tim Stutzla, and Shane Pinto all with 10 of those players, who's made, maybe been the, the most surprising for you to get to that point in the season? The easy answer would be Shane Pinto, but watching him closely at North Dakota, you knew that this guy had so much talent. He finished second behind Cole Caulfield and Hobie Baker vote, voting that year, and, and nobody was taking that from Cole Caulfield. He had an unbelievable year, but uh, Pinto's great on the bumper, and they've actually kind of moved their power play around. Now with injuries, it's different, but um, they moved it around so that Giroux and Debrinkit were on the second power play unit. Which, I mean, you hear that and you're like, what? Like, Giroux has the second most power play points total since 2009 in the National Hockey League. And you, you just think, why is he on the second unit? But they really did find some chemistry there. Uh, to answer the question, though, I, I'll go I'll go a little off the board. I knew that Drake Batherson was a good player. I knew he had a good year last year. But to me, he's always been much more of a playmaker. I mean, he, he does still have, have more assists than goals, and you expect him to always be that disher. But the way that he's kind of figured it out offensively with the puck, I, I think it's really impressed me. There's some times defensively where he's lacked, which sucks because he was touted as a good defensive forward coming up. Dash 20 is a, a chilly number there. Yeah. And I know plus minus doesn't mean everything, but when there's an outlier like that, like Brady's minus 10, nobody else is in double digits, and then you have to double that to get to your next player. It does raise a little bit of an eyebrow. But I'll say Drake Batherson a little bit on the surprising side. He was unreal coming up with the AHL, World Junior, seven goals, seven games. But uh, he'll be a guy to watch tomorrow night. Uh, unfortunately, it doesn't look like Tim Stutzel will be in the lineup. He's been out for the last week, uh, shoulder injury. And uh, and they're missing uh, Josh Norris. So they're top two centermen uh, who combined to score, I want to say, like 95 points between them last year. Uh, th- they're going to be missing them for sure. Like they got Derek Broussard playing top line center right now. Yeah, Derek Broussard's uh, glory days behind him. Only yes. four players have a worse plus minus in the NHL this year. Patrick Kane is minus 22. So is Tory Krug. Ryan O'Reilly minus 21. So is Seth mm. Jones. So looking at the matchup then tomorrow night, the Jets are obviously banged up as well. With Blake Wheeler out for a while, Nate Schmidt is out for a while. Uh, Carson Kuhlman has been playing big minutes. What he didn't even n- really <laughs> spend much time in Winnipeg at this point. At this point, a week ago, Carson Kuhlman was not a word or name that any of us were thinking about at all in the peg. But does the fact that Jets are shorthanded? give you more hope for an Ottawa victory, or is this still Winnipeg's very much to lose? I think it's Winnipeg's to lose. Like I mentioned, the two guys down the middle with injuries, uh, the Senators have an injury action on every line. I mean, the fourth line doesn't really matter, but uh, Matthew Joseph's also out, former Stanley Cup champ with the Tampa Bay Lightning. He really caught, um, came into Ottawa red hot, uh, finished the year with 12 points in 11 games. This year hasn't been the same. Then you look at Tampa, Nick Paul, like point-per-game player, crazy, solid, solid player down there. Um, but you'll And the back end, Artem Zub is a, a guy who you, you wouldn't really know. He's basically like, how would I say, maybe like the Brandon Dillon. Eh, maybe that's not the best comparison. But a guy who you don't look at points to look at how they're playing, like really solid, makes his partner better. He's been playing with Shabbat. He took a puck right off the face. So he's got a broken jaw right now. He's out of the lineup. Uh, it's two real injured teams. And you saw it if you went down to Canada Life Center this weekend, saw the moose against Belleville, that may as well have been an ECHL game with all the extra calls, right? It's the trickle-down effect of everyone gets called up from uh, the AHL, then they've got to dig into their pockets. So, no, I think this is definitely Winnipeg's game to win. It's, it's at home, and I wonder 
if they remember what happened last March, right? Ottawa trailed going into the second period, going into the third period last year, 37 times. They only won three of them, and one was in Winnipeg. They're down 3 1. They got three goals and won 4 3 in that one. Yeah, that was during the very malazing, heavy uh, second half of the season for the Winnipeg Jets. So uh, before I let you go, I don't want to talk about what Mark Mathot did on Twitter today because who cares? But just as a Senators fan, I have to know what's it like to go to a Senators game because I have not been to one there. I've been to, I went to the Roar of the Rings in Ottawa when it was there in 2017. Was that in Canada? Or? Yes. Okay. It was at Canada, Canadian Tire Center in Canada. And that's that arena's not good. Uh, your opinion as a, a native. Ottawanian? What's the? <laughs> I just say I'm from Ottawa. Okay, but what that arena? Ottawa? They need it. They need it downtown, right? This so bad. Do you want Ryan Reynolds to be the owner? Does yeah, that... <laughs> yeah. I'm already getting okay. the wheels greased to get him on the show. Okay, uh, he doesn't want to say too much right now. Fair but, enough. Uh, no, and he, like he's already he's been on record as saying he wants like a welcome to Wrexham type show for Ottawa. That'd be all time. Easy. I mean, I'm available for interviews anytime he wants to have <laughs> us on. Uh, but no, in all seriousness, the the rink's a joke. Like that's why to to what Meth said today, and uh, he put me in a rough spot because Meth he's he's a really good guy. He, he actually is. He comes on our show every week. Um, so I'm gonna have to ask him about that um, to clarify his comments. He gets under other fan bases' skins too. Yeah, it's for those not- who don't know, he just tweeted out on today because Bruce Garriott was like, "Yeah, I'm in Ottawa," and it's a shot from the hotel, and Mark basically just said, "Yeah, the Fairmont sucks. There's nothing to eat around." there and yeah. then Winnipeggers on Twitter lost their minds but lost anyway, their minds continue. Um, there's nothing to eat around the Canadian Tire Center I'll tell you that much <laughs> no. out, out in Canada no, there's nothing. Uh, you, you may as well I mean look for a shawarma palace basically but you're not going to find one until you get downtown it is uh, it's brutal the whole point they built it out in 1995 the whole point was they were going to develop the area around it and instead they just put 18 car dealerships and we're like hey let's call it a day it's an auto park that's it um, it's basically like down on Waverly here where all those mm. auto yeah that's just stick a giant coliseum-looking building there and call it an NHL rink. It's about a, with traffic, about a 45-minute bus ride Ugh. to get there. And I've seen I've seen bus rides gone wrong on the way. I've seen some fights on the way back. Like, it's almost too much time in right. an enclosed space. And, like, Ottawa has this gorgeous area downtown that's just waiting to be developed by Le Breton Flats. But... This company and people don't care, but the NCC is it, everything just moves slowly. It's very bureaucratic, and they thought they had a deal, and then they didn't, and then they did, and then they didn't. So it's just been like ten years now, and th- the whole neighborhood that was there burned down to fire in like the 1920s, and it's just sitting there. It's wasteland. Hmm. There's nothing going on. It's right at the foot of Parliament, so they need to figure out downtown. But that's why I'm surprised nobody just replied with like a photo of where the Canadian Tire Center <laughs> yeah. is. I was like, what are you talking about? And then I think he followed up and said something like. Uh, the Win- Winnipeg's on 99.5% of no trade list. What do you think Ottawa's on? Like, I always laugh. <laughs> Pretty like, much this, if, if Winnipeg's 32, Ottawa's 31. 100%. There is a zero question about that. Like, you could, used to be able to say maybe Edmonton, but right. players will just go there to play with McDavid. Like, that, sure. that is enough draw. So I always laugh because one's my home, one's my adopted home. Right. And they're the two places nobody wants to go. It's <laughs> <laughs> great. Ross, appreciate this. Thanks for this. And we'll, I'll let you get back to work now. My pleasure. And uh, I'm on with Cam tomorrow. Okay. And I heard Cam was really upset about the comments. Yeah. he. I mean, he's he's a 
died in the wool Winnipegger mm. and he's a big Jets fan. So yeah, he I'll have to twist the knife there for you him. Go. I'll have some fun. And with what's him. the name of your podcast again? The Locked On Senators podcast. So if you want to come leave a rude comment after the game tomorrow, feel free. Find Thank it on YouTube or anywhere you get your podcast. That's Ross <laughs> Levitan. Thanks, Christian. Winnipeg's Josh Philman has been named WHL Player of the Week because he got six goals in a game for the first time since 2009 in the WHL that that has happened. And Josh joins us now on the show. Josh, thanks for making time for us tonight. Yeah, no problem. I'm uh, happy to have the chance to be on here. So when was the last time you scored six goals in a game? To be honest with you, I don't know if I've ever done it. Um, if, if I ever have, it's it was before the age of nine. Um, so probably when I was playing uh, minor hockey in, in St. Vitale. Is that because you don't remember hockey before the age of nine? Well, um, I don't know if I remember. I feel like I would have, uh, you know, kept it, uh, you know, I think it would have been a little wor- worth a little bit more to me um, if it had happened, you know, later on in my career into the peewee bantam sort of thing. So um, I don't remember ever doing it. Um, I, think, I feel like I, I might have had seven one time when I was like eight years old, but, um, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean the same thing to me as it does doing it in the Western Hockey League, so... Um, this one means a lot. Yeah, no doubt about that. So after you score two goals in the first period, in that first intermission, what's going through your head? Um, really just keep our foot on the gas. Um, I believe after that first period, I think it was still only 3-1 or 4-1 or something. So, um, you know, the the mindset for me was just to keep playing hockey the right way. And, and uh, if I do that, the goals will just, you know, the goals and the points will just keep coming. And they did. You got four in the second period. As, as you keep scoring each successive time, are you just thinking at some point, oh my God, every shot's just going in tonight? That's that's exactly what it felt like. Um, you know, I, I felt like I was just in the right spot at the right time. And, uh, you know, everything I touched found its way into the net. So uh, it, it was cool. And I was almost shocking myself towards the end. Now, you had a chance to go for more in the third period. Were you, did you want more or were you happy with sixes or is that something that's not really even in your head? Or are you just thinking about winning and the goals are kind of secondary to that? Yeah. For, I mean, for sure. I, I wanted more. Um, anytime you have an opportunity to uh, be part of league history is pretty cool. So um, yeah, I, it would have been uh, you know, I, safe to say I was trying my hardest to, <laughs> to get a seventh or, or even an eighth, but um it was great. I got to gotta give a lot of credit to my teammates and my coaches for um, giving me all the opportunity to, you know, ha- uh, potentially set that record or tie that record. So Now, you're going to be happy with six, of course. Do you have all six pucks? Do you have the sixth puck? What's the souvenir situation? Yeah, I just got the sixth puck um, taped up. My captain gave me that one after the game, so that was a pretty cool, pretty cool souvenir to have. And where are you going to keep that? Uh, I'd say in my room, right beside my bed. <laughs> nice. Is it got the tape around it? Yep, tape around it. Six goals uh, versus Edmonton. All right. So that is kind of the that's the headliner. But for you now, as assistant captain for the Swift Current Broncos team, just overall, what are your hopes now? You've been drafted into the NHL by the New Jersey Devils. What are you hoping to get out of this season? Hoping to you know make a little push into the playoffs and get some experience. Um, we've got a lot of quality 18-year-olds on our roster in Swift Current, so um, to get some postseason action and, and some playoff experience this year, and then hopefully next year make it make a deeper push when we're all in our 19-year-old season um, would be the goal, and and just to keep getting better. Right now, in the ninth spot in the Eastern Conference, 
you're right in the thick of things, still a lot of season left. Do you feel like on this holiday break now, it's it's a good time to recharge after the start of the season where, you know, you're kind of in the middle of the pack there. You're not quite in the playoffs. Totally. This is a great chance for us to, to reset and, and, you know, just get hockey off our minds a little bit. Um, you know, it gives everybody a chance to go home, see their family, see their loved ones. So um, it's a nice little break for a really busy stretch into January. Um, so it's, uh, it's important that, you know, us as a team, we use this, this time wisely to recharge the batteries and, and come back ready to roll. So you have about 10 days off. What does that look like for you and how healthy eating will you be doing? Um, I'm quite healthy. My mom's a fantastic, fantastic cook. So, um, yeah, the, the eating here is awesome. I'm a pretty skinny guy. So the goal for me is really just to eat as much as I can, um, and maintain that strength. So, um, get a couple workouts in and really just spend time with my family, uh, my brothers, that sort of thing. So what does uh, a typical Christmas look like at the Philman household? Usually get together with all of my extended family uh, who's in Manitoba. Um, cousins, both grandparents will be there for, for Christmas dinner. And um, and Christmas Eve is kind of just at, at my own house with my own family and some close family friends. And the World Juniors is a big tradition for a lot of people. For you, playing the same game as they are, and then obviously you're coming back, games will be happening for your league in the WHL at the same time as the juniors will be happening. Do you keep tabs on it still? Totally. Um, you know, I love watching hockey, and I feel like just as a Canadian, um, watching the World Juniors uh, on Boxing Day and, and throughout the New Year is really just, you know, it, it's fun to cheer on your country. And then, um, you know, on top of that, cheering for some of the guys that you play against um, throughout my own season. So um, it's it's nice to be able to see those guys uh, put on the Maple Leaf and, and play. Now, is it also at the same time nice to know that you're going to be playing some of those teams without those players in the WHL? Yeah, totally. Um, gives us, I guess, a bit of a competitive advantage. Um, uh, the Regina Pats being a close division rival of ours, uh, missing Connor Bedard definitely impacts them but um, we try not to think about that Uh, it's important you don't take anybody lightly because every team's got depth here in Winnipeg the ice are off to an outstanding start again 26 and 4 through 30 games what's your scouting report on what makes them so good Um, really deep really well coached and uh, yeah they play the right way lots of speed and talent on their roster but uh, nobody takes days off um, from from the top line to the fourth line you know everybody competes really hard which um, which makes them so hard to play against. There's there's no gaps in that lineup. So if you end up playing them in a playoff series, which very much could happen based on where the standings look right now, what would you have to do to beat them? Um, we need complete buy-in from everybody. Um, you know, within that, just diving deeper, I would say uh, managing our turnovers is a big thing, and then capitalizing on the mistakes that they give you. Um, that's that's really the name of the game. It's a game of transition, game of mistakes. So, um, yeah, leave. Leave uh, no stone unturned. We got to compete as hard as we can and, and just take what they give us. Do you have any hopes of scoring six goals in a game again? Of course. Um, <laughs> yeah, obviously. You know, the one thing you can do as as a competitor is is compete against yourself. And um, you know, I'm always trying to play as close as my as close to my best as I can. Well, Josh, wish you the best of luck with everything. Thanks again for coming on tonight and have yourself a Merry Christmas. Thanks. You as well. Take care. 
Well, thank you very much for listening to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. If you like what you heard, guess what? You can hear more every weeknight on CJOB from 6.30 to 9 p.m. Of course, that is when the Jets are not playing because if the Jets are playing, then I don't have a show, but I'll be part of the pre- and post-game coverage. Anyway, thanks again for tuning in. Subscribe if you'd like. We're available on iTunes and other places I'd imagine. So farewell until we meet again. So long and thanks for all the fish. So sad that it should come to this. We try to win.